0: We're gonna look at a parable found in Matthew 25. Let's read this parable together because in it, Jesus illustrates what the kingdom of heaven is like. So Matthew 25, verse 14, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. Or it can be illustrated by a man going away on a long trip or us being in a long lockdown. He called together his servants and entrusted money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver, five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities he left on his trip. Now, I want you to think about this. You know, at the beginning of lockdown, uh, just before we went, somebody came to you and they gave you five bags of silver. To another, he gave two and to another, one. It doesn't matter what amounts in your bag, what matters is that you were given something, and all of us, even in spite of this lockdown, we've been given something, and the challenge is, what are we doing with what we've been given? For some, it's the gift of time. For some, it's the gift of family. We've all been given something during this time, and the question is, what are you doing with what's been given to you? And it says, the servant who received two bags of silver began to invest the money and earn Five, five. should I say, five bags of silver, invested the money and got five more. The servant with two bags of silver went and worked and earned two more. But the servant with one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Not good news. But it says, After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how he had used his money. The the servant who had been entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more. Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise and he said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. They are words that you want to hear. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. It goes on it talks about the guy with two invested and got two more. And, and when he presented it to the master, the master again said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in that which is a small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. But let's pick it up at verse 24. It says, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, master, I knew you were hard man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well, what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even the little that they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, that's a big story right there. Now the question we've got to ask ourselves is, what are we doing with what we have? See, each and every one of us has creative potential. In fact, this series is really a campaign to get that unused potential that's in your life and extract it and get it to a place where it's used for growth and enlargement and kingdom glory. That, that's what we're trying to do. And, and in the story, Jesus said, this is, like, uh, this is how the kingdom of God, uh, God operates. The kingdom of God is always expanding. It's always growing. And God being the master of the story, what he's saying, Jesus is saying here is, he's entrusted the growth and the expansion of his kingdom to you and I. And it's like this, he gives us what we need and then he goes away. Right now, you might feel abandoned. You might feel left alone. But I, I want to say God is with you today. And He's not just with you, He's, He's for you. And sometimes it can seem like heaven's silence on a whole lot of things. But I found when I can't hear God, it's simply because God has already given me what I need. And, and in that moment, it's for me to use what He's given me. So many of us are waiting for more, but we're not using what we've already been given. And it's like this, when you go through an exam or when you have a test, and I know many people at university, at school, are going into a season of exams. Uh, When you go into an exam, the teacher is silent. The teacher doesn't give you the answers during the exam, exam, because he's testing what you know. He, God, God already knows what we know, but the problem in a lot of us is we don't know what we know. And it's only through an exam we begin to discover what we really know, what we really know. Uh, right now, you know, so many people are trying to escape from this world. Escape. Uh, but creativity, I want to say, isn't creating an imaginary world so that you can escape from the real world. Creativity is not creating an imaginary world, it's using your imagination to change the world. I like that. Because many people right now are using their imagination to escape into this imaginary world. But I wonder whether we could use our imagination to change the world that we're living in right now. I wonder if we could touch heaven so that we could change earth. So many people, you know, want to just get up into heaven. Uh, but it's like the the they're the all up there, they're the, no earthly use. I believe God has commissioned each and every one of us to take the gifts on our life, to take His grace that's upon our lives and use it to bring change in the world around us. Well, uh, today we're going to look at this guy with the one talent because what did he do? He buried his gift. And really, he limited God's potential in his life because He saw things wrong. He was looking through a wrong filter. See, you and I—we all have filters. I know a lot of you use filters on Instagram right now, on Snapchat or whatever social media platform you're on, and you know those filters—you know distort reality. Those those filters actually cover the truth in a lot of places. Now, a lot of people, you know, have wondered uh, for a long time what I would look like if I had here. Uh, how many would want to know what I look like if I had hair right now? Well, I, I, I'm going to right now show you what I look like if I had hair. This is what I would look like if I had hair. I don't know about the hairstyle. It looks like I'm in some Shakespearean theater production or something like that. But that's what I would look like if I had hair. But here's the thing many of us in life, we, we have filters all the time, and those filters distort reality. And this guy with the the one bag of silver didn't see things accurately. The first filter, the first blockage to his creativity that he had or to him reproducing was that he had a wrong perception of God. That's right. He had a wrong perception of God. It says the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. How do you right now view God? See, many people in the world, they don't chase God because they have a wrong perspective or perception of who God is. They've got this filter. They think God is mean and harsh. They, they think God is like this, you know, angry at them, breathing fire, you know, judgment. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is, is a loving God. He's, he's for us. And here this guy with the one talent, he buried His treasure, because he saw the master as being harsh. He hid his gift. You know, in fact, how we perceive God will determine ultimately what we receive from God. See, you can be saved today, but still feel very unworthy. You can feel like you're second rate, a second class citizen. You can feel like you're a slave. Aren't you glad that when we gave our heart to Jesus, we're no longer slaves? In fact, Jesus said himself to the disciples, he said, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. You and I, one of our greatest titles, have this title of friend of God. None of us are second rate, second class citizens. Yeah, you can feel unworthy, and the fact of the matter is we're all unworthy. But Jesus came along and has given us this gift, a gift that we could never earn. We have a gift that's beyond our understanding. He's given us, and He has given it to us, and He's made us worthy. No one who's been blessed by God is worthy of God's blessing. But get this, our God's a loving God, and He chooses to bless us. Love Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, where it says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts, To your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, who's in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask Him? I wonder whether you have asked God for good gifts. Because our God's not a holdout, He's not holding out on you. He wants to give you those good gifts. And then in Matthew 11, verse 24, it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you'll receive them and you will have them. How we perceive God determines ultimately what we receive from God. In fact, the degree of accuracy in which we see God does not actually change or alter the existence of God. God is God. He's loving. He's good whether you see Him that way or not. And so maybe we just need to take that filter off and and get a new perspective, a fresh perspective of how loving and how good our God is. The second filter or blockage that really hindered this man was the fear of loss. He said to the master, I was afraid I would lose your money. I mean, no, you're never going to do anything significant in life if you're living in fear and you're fearing loss. So many people today, they fear failure more than they fear waste. Right now, we have an opportunity to do something great. We've all been given gifts even in the season to use. What are we doing with that? Many of us, well, what what if I fell? No, the question we should be asking ourselves is, how do we not waste the season? And here, you know, those who took their talents and invested, they came on top. It it doesn't tell us, though, that what happened in between uh, from the time that they received the talent to the time they gave an account. I'm sure they had some ups and downs. I'm sure it wasn't all rosy. You know, and if you're going to do anything significant, you know, you've got to ride the highs, but you're going to have some lows. But this guy, in the end, did nothing because he was afraid of losing it all. Question, whose money was it in the first place? What we're going to understand is this biblical principle of stewardship is nothing that we own is ours. It's all God. We just steward what we have. If you're a parent out there, you're stewarding your kid's life. You know, whatever possessions you have, whatever gifts that are inside of you, you are a steward of those gifts. Here's the deal. It's not yours, so why are you afraid? It's not like heaven is right now in a financial crisis. It's not like there's there's a shortage in heaven. How many know even if we have what we lose, what God's given us, He can give us more? And I'd say until you're prepared to lose your life, you never gain in life. Unless you're prepared to fail, you'll fail to innovate. You'll fail to create new things. Some of the, the greatest innovations have come from failure. In fact, Walt Disney, Walt Disney was fired From Kansas City, the, the paper, as a journalist because the, the editor said to him uh, that he, uh, he lacked imagination and he had no good ideas. Now, how false did that, ch- how much of that was not real? You know, Walt Disney, and what we're going to see, unless we're prepared to lose, we, we'll never actually gain. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 8, verse 35. He says, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Isn't it sad when Christians today are defined more by what they don't do than they are by what they do do? <laughs> you know, don't smoke, chew, and don't hang around with those who do. You know, I don't do that. I don't do that. I really believe You know, Christians need to be defined by the gifts and graces that God's put on their life. These graces that can unlock creativity and can bring answers and solutions to questions right now the world is asking. You know, I really believe God wants to unlock creativity in many different spheres in education, in in medicine, you know, in in the arts. We need to see that take place as well so many people, you know, well, that's my Christian life is what I do on Sunday and I want to live a moral life. Yeah, that's one aspect of your Christian life. But that's there to empower you so that you can unlock that, that God-given creative potential that lies on the inside of you. And what are you doing right now with what's inside of you? Some of you are going, well, I'm, I'm not doing anything bad. Well, the question is, are you doing anything good? Because James puts it this way. He says, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. Oh, well, I'm not doing anything bad. Well, you mightn't be doing anything good. And to live out, our uh, live, live out our God-given potential, we've got to take what God's given us and use it and invest it and allow God to grow it. What are you doing with the gift God's given you? Are you using it for self-interest? Or are you using it for kingdom purpose? Number three, third blockage or third filter that, that limited this man was indifference and laziness. You know, here right now we've got Sid the sloth. And some of us, you know, that's our goal is just to lie on a couch and do nothing. But the adventure of the Christian life from Sid the sloth speaking to you right now is to use that which is within you. We're designed to, 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 to take that thing that God's given us and grow it and expand it. And guess what that's gonna take? That's gonna take work. work. That's from Sid the Sloth right there. You gotta work what you have. Because the master said to this guy, you wicked and lazy servant. The, the question needs to be asked, what was this guy doing while the other guys were investing their talent? Was he just sitting on a hammock? You know, after he dug the hole and buried the talent, for a long time, what was he doing? You know, was he just sitting there? I really believe right now in the world, we suffer from what's called a spectator syndrome, where we give commentary on what everybody else is doing, but we're not doing anything ourselves. But but here's the thing. There's a day, there's gonna come a day and a time where we're gonna have to stand before God and give an account for what we have done. We're not going to stand before God and give an account for what somebody else has done. <laughs> what our brother's done, what our sister's done, what our neighbor's done, what our workmate's done. No, we're going to have to give an account for what we've done with what God has given us. And, and too often we can be indifferent when it comes to God's purpose. Oh, I'll leave it to somebody else. Do you know the opposite of love is not necessarily hate. Uh, the opposite of love in a lot of places is indifference. At least when somebody hates you, you know where they stand. But when somebody's indifferent, it's, it's a major guessing game. And when it comes to God's purpose, let's not be indifferent to God's purpose. Let's be passionate about what God wants to do in the earth today. And and this filter of indifference and laziness can actually block that, creativ- uh, that creative potential that lies within. The only thing that you and I should bury is our flesh and our past. You bury your flesh flesh and your past, not your gift. And so the third filter is indifference and laziness, which brings me to the last filter that brought about a creative blockage that limited this, this guy was unhealthy comparisons. Unhealthy comparisons. Here right now, I've got multiple faces. And all the time we can compare ourselves, you know, compare ourselves among ourselves. You know, too many of us spend too much time looking in the mirror or adjusting the filters, trying to get the perfect face. And we're trying to get the perfect face because, you know, we're seeing somebody else with the perfect face, but they've got a filter on their life and everybody's wearing filters and none of us are perfect. And we compare ourselves and comparing ourselves, we're actually limiting ourselves. You know, this guy could have right at the start going, "What? Well, how come I only got one and he got five and he got two, but I got one? Yeah, you can spend a lot of time looking at what other people have got in their bag or you can thank God for what he has given you. You know, this guy, a lot of people would say, he has a right to be upset. He only got one, that's unfair. He didn't do. He he did nothing wrong, but his problem in this situation is he didn't do anything right. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought, "Man, I I got a raw deal"? Yeah, I I got a raw deal. Man, it seems like everything just falls into their laps. uh, Lap, but I I got a raw raw deal. I want to say, you know, whatever you got in your hand right now is from God. It's not what you have, it's what you're doing with what you have that really matters. And so many people, instead of reflecting God, they're actually projecting their insecurity or projecting things to other people. And that's why people today have to use a whole lot of filters before they post anything. Uh, a lot of people today are more concerned about their image that, that they want other people to see than, than actually about pleasing God. And so uh, when you're conscious about pleasing other people, uh, here, here's the thing, you're, you'll never be able to fully please God. And you've got to understand what's been given to you right now is from God, is a gift from God. Now I wonder if the guy with the five, just say the guy with the five went and buried his five talents. And he brought back to the master five I think he would have been called wicked and lazy as well. But imagine if the guy with the one invested the one and he came back and he says, Look, I I got two. You know, then the guy with the five who buried his talent probably those five would have been given to the guy with the one who increased them. So many people today, you know, think when it comes to faithfulness, well, I'm just being faithful. But they don't understand that when it comes to the definition of faithfulness, According to Jesus, faithfulness encompasses fruitfulness. If you're faithful, you're not just returning what's been given to you. If you're faithful, you actually multiply it. You actually grow it. And when it comes to kingdom growth and expansion, as this parable illustrates, that's been given to you and I. But the problem in a lot of places and, and the thing that stops us moving forward is we're looking to what other people are doing and comparing ourselves. I like what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. He says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. It's not wise to compare Some of us right now are limiting what God can do in and through our lives because we're comparing ourselves to the person next to us. We're going, well, at least I'm not not as bad as they are. Well, does that mean you're good? You know, some of us right now, we're comparing, you know, if I was to compare my singing gift to that of Wayne's or or other person, you know, how many know I'm going to be condemned? I'm going to be down on myself because, you know, I I can sing, but I don't have a gift. And so many of us are comparing our gifts with other people's gifts, and we're feeling condemned, and we're feeling no good, and we're feeling useless. But God has given each and every one of us gifts, and it's for us to take those gifts and use them and unlock them so His power and His Holy Spirit can come upon them and multiply them. Now in fact, anything healthy in the kingdom of God grows. Too many people ask the wrong question. They ask the question, "What do I need to do to grow?" A better question is, what is stopping me from growing? Because anything is healthy, that 's healthy grows, and maybe right now the filters you 're looking through are actually stopping the growth that God wants to bring in and through your life. Let's remove some of those filters and let's put on filters, kingdom filters, where we'll see God's purpose prevail, where we'll see those things that He's placed in our heart come to pass. Hey, we're praying for you. We're believing that this season is gonna be a great season where that creative potential that's inside of you is gonna be unlocked and you realize some of those dreams that God's put in your heart. You're not where you are by chance. I believe God's put you there and He wants to use you in this time to declare His purpose and His promise. Hey, uh, stay tuned to everything that's going on around church. But right now I'm going to pray, especially for those who don't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, we are His workmanship. I want to say, you are His workmanship. You are His masterpiece. And you've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, good works that He's prepared in advance for you to do. But the only way that you can know your God-given purpose is through a relationship with Him. How you and I enter into a relationship with God is by putting our trust and our faith in Him. We can't earn it. We can't comprehend it. It's a simple step of trust that gets us right with God. It's our faith in God and our faith in what Jesus did when he died on the cross. where He paid the price of our sins. We were guilty. He paid the price. He did it. He did it and he died and he rose again so that you and I wouldn't have to live under the shame and the guilt of past mistakes. But we could start a new life in him, knowing him. Knowing that we're not here by chance, but knowing that we've been born for purpose. A purpose not just here on earth, but there's gonna come a day and a time where this life will end. And for those who have put their faith and their trust in Jesus, the Bible talks about that they they have eternal security in being with Him. Today, do you know Jesus is the Lord of your life? Do you have that living personal relationship with God? Because if you don't, i love to pray with you. A simple prayer of faith that can get you right with God. I'm gonna pray it right now. Maybe you wanna repeat these words. Pray, dear God, today I make a decision to put my trust in you. I acknowledge what Jesus did on the cross, paying the price for my freedom. Today, I give my heart to you and I declare you are my Lord and Savior. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, everyone, everywhere said amen. How exciting is that? People giving their hearts to Jesus. That's amazing. But the second thing, just before we go back and we finish with a song, is I want to pray for those who have had wrong filters. And I believe today God's going to come and bring clarity. You know People's perception of the truth becomes their truth. But Jesus said, I am the way, and I am the truth. Truth is not a proposition, it's a person. Many people are wanting to know truth. Truth comes as we begin to discover who Jesus is and his plan and purpose for our life. Come on, if there's been filters Some of you feared loss. Some of you got into the comparison game. Whatever it may be, let God come and remove those filters so that you can see clearly. I'm going to pray right now, and I want you to acknowledge, just maybe lift where you're at, just maybe lift your hand in your room, and let's invite his presence into this place. Jesus, right now, I pray that you come, and you not just help us identify what's blocking what you're wanting to release, but would be able to remove it. Lord, right now I pray, Lord, wrong mindsets, insecurities, fear. I pray all those things right now would fall to the ground. Lord, and would see things as they really are. Would see you for who you are. I thank you, you're good, you're a loving God. You don't withhold any good things from us. And today, we thank you, Lord, that your promises are for us. And today, we take hold of them, and we make a decision to walk in them. Lord, right now, stir faith in the hearts of your people, to not look at their circumstances, but to look to you, knowing, Lord, that you make a way where there's no way. And even right now, where people feel restricted, feel limited, I pray, Lord, that you'd unlock that creative potential that lies within them, That they'll find answers in hidden places. We pray this in Jesus' name. And again, we all said, Amen. Amen.